1: of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called The Iceman. Man. <laughs>
2: It is 3 a.m. on September 17th, 1948. In a farmhouse nine miles north of Raynor, Texas, Helen Dryer wakes from a sound sleep, raises herself on her elbow, and listens for a moment. Then she leans across and taps her husband urgently
3: on the shoulder. Wake up. Mm -hmm. Ted. All right, I'll get up. What's the matter? he gone? Yeah, honey, he's gone. Did you see what it looked like? It was too dark.
2: The sheriff reached the dryer farmhouse 20 minutes after the departure of the intruder. He found Mrs. Dryer in a state of hysteria and sent her upstairs with her husband. After a cursory investigation, he immediately contacted the Texas Rangers and requested assistance. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned, arriving on the scene at 4.25 a.m. The sheriff led him directly to the kitchen.
4: Hey, you see what I mean, Jace? Yeah, I'm glad you called us, Sheriff. Looks like it might be the one we've been after a long time. I kind of figured it was. Way broke into the kitchen and raided the icebox first. <laughs> I can't get over that. Eating the family's food before he tackles a job. I mean, he's pretty cool. One of the things that's made him so hard to catch. Let's see if he's left another one of his trademarks. You looking for anything special, Jace? I've found it. What is it? Method he uses to trip the latch on the screen door. Pushes an ice pick through the screen. Does he always carry that ice pick with him? As far as we know he does, Cap Stinson over at headquarters calls him the Ice Man. Well, Ice Man or no, I sure don't relish having him in my county. Afraid you'll have him around town for one more night anyhow. Well, I would make you say that. It's part of his M.O., Always hits two nights in a row in the same area. Uh-huh. Pick's house is pretty far from town, and the second place is always on the opposite side of town from the one he worked the night before. Oh, it shouldn't be hard to nab him, then. That's what we've thought for over a year now. We even know a couple of other interesting things about him. He never enters a house where there's a dog, and he wears gloves on the job. And even knowing this, we haven't been able to catch him. So you haven't been getting any fingerprints on him then, huh? No. I sure wish somebody'd at least get a look at him. Uh-huh. We've learned a lot about him since he's been operating, but we still don't have any idea what he looks like. Well, maybe the dryers can tell us something. She ought to be feeling better by now. Just a second. What's this on the floor? you have a piece of paper handy I can use to sweep some of it up? Well, here's a sheet out of my notebook. that will do the trick?
5: Uh-huh.
4: Thanks. Yeah, I thought so. What is it, Jason? Yeah, smell it. I'd say it was snuff. So would I. Mr. Dreyer used it. Nope. Ted smokes cigars. And it looks like we've just discovered another one of the Ice Man's habits, and every time we do, we get just a little bit closer to catching him. I sure hope you're right. Let's go up and see if the Dreyers can tell us anything. Miss mm. Dreyer was right jumpy when I got here. Not much wonder either. She was the one first heard him moving around in the kitchen. How much money to get here? Over eighty dollars. Ted had just been to the bank. All right, if the ranger and me come in?
3: Sure. Come on in, Sheriff. Find anything to help you? Well, we think so. Uh, How are you feeling now, Miss Dreyer? Oh, it's still a
6: little shaky. I don't think I'll ever sleep again tonight.
5: The way he came right to this room.
3: Now, honey, honey, it's all
5: over. I know, but I'm still so scared. Sure, yeah,
3: sure. Don't you and the sheriff want to sit down, Ranger? Uh, no, thanks. We'll just be a few minutes more. Well, I've been thinking since it happened, maybe I did wrong not trying to stop him.
4: You're lucky you didn't, Mr. Dreyer. A couple of people have tried. He's pretty handy with an ice pick he carries. <laughs> Has he killed anybody? No, but he's come close. When he gets cornered, he's like a weasel. You seem
3: to know a lot about this fella.
4: We never laid eyes on him. Well,
3: then, how That's did That's not hard, Ted. Our
4: man's been operating for over a year in different parts of Texas, and the Ranger's got a good idea of his M.O. The M.O.? Modus operandi. It's the pattern habitual criminals follow on a job. Uh huh. Almost like a signature. But what we really need is some description of the man himself. I wish we
3: could help you, but it was right dark in our room, and he didn't use a flashlight. Well,
6: I saw his shadow when he crossed in front of the window.
3: So did I, honey, but that's not what the ranger wants. Yeah, we appreciate you trying anyhow.
4: What do you figure we ought to do next, Chase? Be light in a few minutes. We'll see if there are any tracks to follow outside. We won't stand much chance of catching up with him this late. I know, but we might get a line on something almost as important the direction he took when he left here. As soon as it was light enough for trailing, we went outside. Back of the house, we found a spot where the thief had rested on the ground prior to the burglary. Near the front door, we discovered tracks leading southeast across the fields. I unloaded charcoal from the trailer, and the sheriff borrowed a horse from Mr. Dreyer. Tracks were easy to follow. After about three miles, we pulled up. Ooh, ooh, charcoal. Ooh,
5: ooh, boy. Yeah.
4: What do you make of that, Jason? Mm, looks like he stopped to rest again. The way the brush is crushed, I'd say he'd spent quite a while here.
2: Yeah, and I don't figure. Why would a man who just broke into a house stop so close to the place he robbed? off?
4: Mm, could have been waiting for something. How far is the main highway from here?
2: Mm, pretty close, just over that ride.
4: Mm, we'll see if the tracks lead there. Get up. Come on, boy. If you're right about his waiting for something, it could be he's got a partner with the car. Meets him on the highway at some special time. Maybe, but our ice man strikes me more as the type who'd work alone. Tracks look like they're going to lead right on to the highway, jace Supposed to do. Where do we go from there? Yeah, see if he crossed the road. If he did, he might give us some indication of where he was heading. And if he didn't? That's something we'll have to try and figure out. Ooh, go, Chucky. Yeah. Cracks stop at the highway, all right. Uh-huh. Take a look over here. Well, Jace, it's a snuff box. Looks like it's been run over by a car. Uh-huh, or something heavier. Sheriff, we just might have the answer to one of the biggest problems about our man. What's that? Transportation. How he gets back into town after a job. I don't follow you, Jase. Come on back here. And these marks in the gravel. Yeah? What do they look like to you? Well, they could be tire marks. From dual wheels. Double spur to gravel where they started off. And up there where the snuff box was, you can see where the front wheels turned. You figure he might have been picked up by a truck? Mm, It's a little too long for a truck. Could have been one of those big trailer jobs. Then the rear wheels wouldn't have traction. No, I got a hunch it was a bus that picked our friend up. Well, there is a bus due in town from this direction at 450. And make it pass here around 430. Just right for the Iceman to make it. You mean he might plan his jobs around bus schedule? It's possible. reckon we'd better try to locate the driver who brought in that bus. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. Drivers all change at Rayner. And we're going to get into town. See if he remembers picking up a passenger at this spot. Hey, Jace, we could really be on to something. We've got a few other angles to check before we're sure. But if they pan out, we've got just one more detail in the Iceman's M.O. And this might be the one that trips him up. I reached the Continental Trailways bus depot at 8 that morning and located the driver who had brought in the 450 bus. He remembered picking up a single passenger 8 miles from Raynor, but was unable to describe him. I left the sheriff in the depot restaurant and called Austin. 20 minutes later, I had the information I needed. I joined the sheriff at the restaurant counter. Grab a seat, Jason. I ordered you some eggs and coffee. Told the girl to keep them hot. till you got here. Thanks. Hey, miss, you, you can bring the ranger's order now. Find out anything from Austin? Plenty. Every job the Iceman's pulled has been at a time and place where he could have used a bus to get back to town. Hey, then we are onto something. Yeah, and we're going to try to take advantage of it tonight. Thanks, miss. Jace, how'd you figure to work it? According to the Iceman's M.O., he'll pick a house south of Rayner tonight. We can be sure it'll be somewhere not too far from the main highway into town.
3: You reckon we can get him when he tries to board the inbound bus?
4: We're going to try. I checked the schedule. The early morning bus from the south gets to Rainer at 5.06. We'll be tailing it all the way in.
3: Sounds like it might work. How far out do you want to pick it up?
4: Mm, Fifteen miles ought to do it. But we'll make it 20 just to be safe. Twenty miles. We'll have to be out on the highway at four. I reckon we ought to leave here about three. Uh Uh-huh. Better go catch a few hours sleep now, Sheriff. I don't think we'll get much tonight. At 3 the next morning, the sheriff and I drove south on the highway out of Rainer. It was still dark when we picked up the inbound bus at 4.17 a.m. We tailed it for five miles without seeing anyone. Ten miles from town and still no results. At the seven-mile mark, the sheriff leaned forward in his seat. Hey, Jace. Yeah? Can you get a little further over to the right? You think you see somebody? I'm not sure. How about now? Yeah, that's better.
3: Yeah, up at the top of the next hill. The bus headlights just caught him standing at the side of the road there.
4: Hold on, Sheriff. We're going around the bus. Then we're going to roll. You see him now? Yeah. Stay on your toes in case he makes a break when we stop. Right, Jason. If you get close to him, watch out for that ice pick. I'll try not to get that close. Get ready. Well, can you beat that? A woman. I ought to kick myself. (laughs) She had me fooled, too. There ought to be some kind of law against women wearing slacks. Reckon she works in the aircraft plant. Yeah, we'll let the bus pass us again. He might still be between here and town. What do we do if we don't spot him? Uh, Turn around, come out again. There's another bus due at 903. We'll pick it up at the same place and tail it. He's got to be around here somewhere, and we're going to find him. The bus we were following picked up no more passengers on the way to town. We repeated the procedure with a 903 bus. Still no results. Little before ten that morning the sheriff and I walked into his office.
3: I swear I don't understand it, Jace. I just
5: don't understand it.
4: How come he didn't show up? Man beats me, Sheriff. For a year or more, a man operates a certain way, picks off two houses and two consecutive nights. I don't know. Maybe I was all wrong about that bus routine.
3: No, I don't think so. Once you figure his pattern, it's laid out too clear. Couldn't be only coincidence
4: about his robbing houses near the main highway just an hour or so before a bus passes. Mm, I guess not. But if taking a bus into town is part of his MO, where was he? Uh, no robbery reported last night. Could be he decided to lay low for a night or two. Mm, that doesn't figure either. He wasn't scared the night before. Made an $80 haul from the dryers and never even knew they were awake. Yeah. Mm, looks like he might have cleared out. What are your plans now, Jace? I reckon i better start back to headquarters. Cap says he's got enough work lined up to keep me busy a month. Well, I'm sure sorry it didn't pan out. I sort of had my heart set on helping to haul in that little weasel. Well, keep in touch with us, Sheriff. If you hear anything, give us a yell. I sure will, Jason. Thanks for everything. Along, so Sheriff? Sheriff, home.
5: Yeah?
6: What? Yeah, wait a minute. Jason. Oh, Jace! you call me, Sheriff? Yeah, come here. All right, now give me that again.
4: I see. Sure. Okay, we'll handle it. So long. What's up? Reckon Cap stinson will have to get along without you for another day. I don't think you'll want to leave now, anyhow. Why not? Our man did hit last night. Robbed an old fellow named Earl Sweezy, ten
6: miles south of town.
4: Well, yeah, I guess I was wrong about that bus routine after all. Maybe. But I got an idea last night with something new for your ice man. He stole the old man's car, used it for his getaway. Yeah. What made him break his MO like that? I reckon
2: he had to get away fast. What do you mean? He stabbed old man Sweezy with his ice pick.
1: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now the second act of Tales of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, The Iceman.
4: We left immediately for Earl Sweezy's farmhouse. On the way, the sheriff told me as much of the stories he'd heard over the phone. The old man had surprised the intruder and struggled with him before he was stabbed twice in the shoulder. When we pulled up to the house, the doctor was just leaving. He informed us that Mr. Sweezy was not badly hurt and was waiting for us.
3: Well, Sheriff, come in, come in. You too, Ranger. Thanks, Mr. Sweezy. Hey, Earl, you shouldn't be walking around with that bad shoulder. Now, Sheriff, don't you be talking like that, Doctor, telling me to stay in bed. It'd be more to death staying in bed. The Doc said you did lose some blood. And I've got a lot more. It takes more than an ice pick to be letting all the blood out of old Earl Sweezy.
4: We'd like to ask you a
3: few questions about what happened last night. And I expect you'll be wanting to hear the whole thing just the way it occurred. Now come into the kitchen with me. I want to show you just the way things was when I surprised you. Oh, girl. we can stay right here for now, Mr. Sweezy. I think you'd be more comfortable. Oh, don't be spoiling the excitement for me, Ranger. I've been looking forward to telling you about this ever since you let me know you was on your way out. Will you be coming with me? You fought with the burglar in the kitchen? That I did. I was up to my bed, sleeping, sound as you please, when I heard the rattling and shuffling down here. What time was this, Mr. Sweezy? Uh, now, I wouldn't be knowing exactly, Ranger, but I had a feeling it was sometime after, oh, three or four o'clock. Uh-huh. Ah, here we are. Now, I've left everything the way it was, except that I've cleaned up the little bit of blood there was on the floor there.
4: Hey, you put up quite a fight at that, didn't you, Irving? I'm
3: proud to say I did. And if it hadn't been for that ice pick he was so fond of wielding, it would have been a different story altogether. Uh, what happened after you heard him down here, Mr. Sweezy? Uh, oh, yes. well. Um, I come down the stairs easy-like. Yeah. And when I got to the kitchen door, what do you suppose I seen this fellow doing? He was probably eating. Ah, somebody already told you about it.
4: No, Mr. Sweezy. That's the way this man operates. Breaks into a house, eats, and then takes whatever money he can find.
3: Is that so now? well, hmm? well. I'll be quick about telling you the rest, stranger. I could just make out this fella sitting at the table eating. Mm-hmm. I give a good run and a jump, and before you know it, we was fighting like two wildcats, and then he put this ice pick in my shoulder. Next thing you remember, I come to, and it was bright daylight. I got up, and I made it over to Hank Flowers' farm. Don't you have a phone here, Earl? Never felt the need of one till now, Sheriff. Did you get a look at the man while you were fighting? Well, now... Ranger, that's hard to say. I I I seen him, and I didn't, what with this being so dark and all. Well, could you describe him? Well, the most I could say is about the size of him. He, he was about my height, and quick, quick. Oh, he was quick as a scared rat. Oh, there's something else I forgot. What's that, Mr. Sweezy? The eyes of him, the eyes. I expect that was the only part of his face I really seen. Mean eyes. Looked at you the way a bobcat does when you get him cornered. Uh-huh. You think you'd be able to identify him if you saw him? Uh, as I said, I, I seen him, and I didn't. But I'm thinking I could identify him.
4: We heard in town he stole your car. Is that true?
3: It is, and I'm glad you asked me, Ranger. I was almost forgetting to give you the license number. I, I, I got it right out for you.
4: Thanks. Well, that'll be all for now, and you better take it easy for a while with that shoulder.
3: Oh, don't be worrying about me. I'll be ready whenever
4: you need me again. I hope that'll be soon, Mr. Sweezy. tracer on Mr. Sweezy's car. Around noon of the third day, the car was found covered with brush off a small dirt road near Route 190. We were checking the area when I received a radio call.
5: KTXA
4: to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA.
2: Iceman has been located through the standard MO check in town of Delaney. Reported breaking and entering during early hours this morning.
4: Delaney, that, that's 50 miles north of here. Uh-huh. 10-4. Does KTXA know exact location of crime with reference to center of Delaney?
5: House belongs to
2: O'Brien Edwards, location 12 miles east of town.
4: 10-4. This unit will proceed immediately to Delaney. Unit 10, clear.
5: 10-4.
4: KTXA, Austin. He's already hit east of town. Should be west for his second strike. Want to tail a bus again tonight, Sheriff? If it means another crack at this ice man, you just try and stop me. Let's get rolling, Jace. Delaney, we checked the bus schedules and learned there was a Continental Trailways local inbound from the west at 457. By four, we'd intercepted the bus and started tailing it toward town. At 425, we spotted a man standing at the side of the road a quarter mile ahead of the bus. We passed the bus and pulled up ten yards from the man, keeping him in our headlights. He made no attempt to run as we got out of the car. I saw him throw something over in the brush, Jake. Yeah. Stay where you are, mister. We want to talk to
2: you. The bus is coming. I got to get in town.
4: Wave the bus on, Sheriff.
2: Sure. Look, what you doing? I got to get on that bus. We'll give you a ride into town. Well, you've got no right to do this. What's your
4: name? Joe Tag. Where do you live? I don't have to tell you nothing. I asked you where you live. I want an answer. Dallas. What are you doing out here tonight?
2: Maybe I've been visiting a friend. Your friend have a name? Look, you've got no business asking me questions like this. Risk him, Sheriff. Yeah. You keep your hands off me. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Oh. Looks like the beginning of pay dirt, Jace. Box of snuff, wallet full of money, and a pair of cotton gloves. I want to use these gloves. For my her. gloves? Got a right to use them any way I want. You ought to learn the law a little better. I suppose you go get that ice pick you just threw away. I don't know what you're talking about.
4: See if you can find it, Sheriff. I'll find it if it's the last thing I do.
2: Now, look, how long are you going to stand out here asking me questions?
4: Until we're finished. Where were you tonight?
2: Told you before. Visiting a friend. Who? Maybe I can't tell you. Maybe she got a husband.
4: Jase, find it? Yeah. Sharp and shiny. Mm. Here. How many houses you break into with this, Tagger? I never saw that before. I don't think I'd claim it either if I'd stabbed as many people with it as you have. You're wasting your time.
2: You promised me a ride into town. Am I going to get it?
4: Yeah, but not to the town you think. You're going to get a ride a long way back to a town called Raynor. We arrived in Rain around 10 that morning. We locked Tagger in the county jail and contacted Mr. Sweezy. We told him we wanted him to make an identification and arranged to have a special show-up in the cell block. Tagger and five other men were to be presented to him in the hope that he could identify the man who'd entered his house. Come on in. Got the six of them over there in one cell. Fine. This'll be far enough, Mr. Sweezy. Wait here while the sheriff brings them in out. Yeah,
3: I'll have them out for you in a second. Ranger, if I'm not able to identify this man... Do you have enough on him to send him away anyhow?
4: Maybe. Without identification, a good lawyer could get him off.
2: All right, Alia, come on out of there. Come on and stop talking. Now form a straight line in front of the cell. Get moving, Alia.
4: You'll get a little closer now, Mr. Sweezy. Any of these men look familiar to you?
3: Uh, I'm not able to say for certain, Ranger. Just take your time. Hmm. That one. Start from the left. That might be him.
4: You. No, the next man. Step out. How about it, Mr. Sweezy? Well...
3: Maybe if he was to talk.
4: Anything special you want to hear him say?
3: Maybe if he was to say, I'll get you. That's what he said when we was fighting.
2: Let me hear you say, I'll get you. Look, what is this? Say it. I'll get you. Uh
3: Maybe if he was to whisper. That's the way he says when I heard him. Whisper those same words. I don't know how. You heard the ranger whisper i get you. Mr. Sweezy? Ranger, I can't be sure. I, I, I just wouldn't want to be safe. Oh, thanks anyhow. Sheriff? Look, wait a minute. What is it? I was just remembering, in the fight the other night, just before he put the ice pick in my shoulder, I had a hold of him and I scratched the back of his neck. Are you sure? And wasn't I almost forgetting? If that's the man, he'll have the mark of my fingernails across the scruff of his neck.
4: All right, you, turn around. Look, what are you trying to do? Turn around.
3: You can't make me do nothing out of one. Ranger, to. it is him. That look he got in his eyes just then. I know them eyes anyplace. It's him for sure.
5: You do it. I'll kill him. Come on. Just get out of here.
4: Let's get back in that cell. I do it. I said in the cell. You can't put me in it. I lock it, Sheriff. Yeah. i get
5: out. i get out of here. I'll get out of here.
4: Get out all you want, Tagger. It's going to take more than an ice pick to get through that door.
1: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. On November 17, 1948,
2: George Tagger was tried in the Rayner County Court on dual charges of felonious assault and burglary. He was convicted and sentenced to 23 years in Huntsville Penitentiary
5: next week joel mccray and
1: another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the texas rangers
0: this show is supported by state farm insurance is a part of any solid financial plan
1: Files of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Dream Farm.
2: It is 7.40 p.m. June 12th, 1941. On a deserted stretch of highway through a thinly populated area of Texas, a sedan pushes to the southwest, towing behind it a small, heavily loaded two wheeled trailer. In the front seat of the car, there are three people a man, his wife, and their 12 year old son.
6: Don't seem to be much in the way of people out here. Wide open country, all right. I think we're going to like it here, Ethel. Oh, I hope so. You just wait and see. Why, last month when I was out here to close the deal, I swear I just wanted to start plowing right off. I got a feeling this farm's gonna be lucky for us. Well, I just hope we can make a go of it, that's all. Now, Ethel, we've been all through that. I know, John. But you can't blame me for being a little worried. After all, we spent our lives in Iowa. Here we are, moving to a strange place where we don't know a soul. Well, we'll make friends soon enough. Texans are nice people, real friendly, you'll see.
5: Pa, I'm hungry. <laughs>
6: Well, that's one thing that ain't changed
5: much from Iowa to Texas.
6: We ought to be coming to a town soon, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, a town called Coronaville not too far from here. We'll find a restaurant pretty soon, Bobby. Just hold on a while longer. Are going to keep driving all night, Pa? Well, I figure it might be best. Rather get to the farm in the morning so as we can move in the daylight. Can I sleep on the back seat tonight? (laughs) Sure you can. Hey, what's that? What? There's some fella signaling up ahead. Why, yes, there is someone. Now, what do you suppose? Looks like he's having car trouble. You're not going to stop? Well, sure, why not? Will you look at that rear wheel? Gee, hey, that must have been some blowout. You need some help? Yeah. John, I just assumed you kept going. Now, Ethel, where's your Texas hospitality? Sure, it's all right, Ma. How about a ride in the next gas station? Sure, glad to take you. Get
2: in the back. Never mind that. What? Yeah. What'd you say? You heard me. Get out of the car, Holly.
5: Hey, is that a real gun? Bobby, be quiet.
2: Yeah, Bobby, be quiet. You won't get hurt. All right, out you go. No, no, no. Get out on this side, you. Well, we're getting out. Be careful with that thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll be real careful.
6: What are you going to do? Shut up. You. Empty out your pockets. Me?
2: I'm talking to no one else.
6: Well, I... I, I don't get you, mister. I... What are you going to do with us?
2: Ain't you figured it out yet? Come on, lady, give me a purse. <laughs> now, you... Throw everything you got in your pockets on the front seat. Hurry up.
6: John, do what he tells you. Well, I... Yeah,
2: it's more like it. All right,
6: now back away from the car. You're just leaving us out here? What do you think? You ain't going nowhere with my car. John, be quiet. I won't. Everything we got in the world's in there. Be quiet, John, please. Yeah, yeah, do what the lady tells you. I'll show you what I'll do. You can't get away from this crazy... I'll take our car, with you?
5: John, Paul, <laughs> Uh, you should have listened to him. He shot my father. You shouldn't have shot him. You
6: didn't have pa. to kill him. You didn't have to kill him. I said
5: he should have listened. Now, i got to kill you, too. No, please. Mom.
2: Mom. At 1.20 the following morning, the three bodies were discovered by a state highway patrolman. The two adults were dead. But the boy, although unconscious, was still alive. He was rushed to the hospital in Coronaville, and Sheriff King of Corona County was notified. The sheriff requested aid from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned.
5: Is that you,
4: Jace? Yes, Sheriff. Oh, I don't mind telling you. I'm glad to see you. It's a bad one. Yeah, I heard. Where are they? Oh, come on. I'll show you. J.P. been out yet? Yeah, he ought to be along soon. Well, there they are, Jace. Not very pretty. No, never is. You've been over the area yet? Yeah, didn't find much. Went over the car for prints. Looks like there might be a couple of good ones there. Well, our lab crew will be out pretty soon. They'll check them. Uh, hold your flash on the body, Sheriff. I want to have a look. How's that? Okay. Hmm. Powder burns on the clothing. He was shot from pretty close up. Yeah, same with the woman, Jase. The boy, too. You talked to him yet? The boy? Last I heard, he was still unconscious. Is he gonna be all right? It's hard to tell you. Doc says he may come through okay. It's a tough break for the kid. These his folks? Yeah, I reckon they are. Aren't you sure? Not exactly. Hospital found this wallet in the boy's pocket, but these two had nothing on him. No papers, driver's license, nothing. No money either, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. Let's see what you got from the kid. A library card from Clinton, Iowa. Made out to Robert Elwood. And here's a card from the Boy Scouts, Troop 47, Clinton, Iowa. Made out to Robert Elwood. I already notified the Clinton police, Jase. They're trying to find out if the boy was traveling with his folks. Mm Mm-hmm. What about this car, Sheriff? I notice it's got Texas plates. Yeah. It's on the hot car list. Stolen night before last in Rhineville. Killer could have taken their car when this one broke down. Rhineville, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Up north. Figured the killer's heading south, Jase. Up to this point, he was. I think I'll go into town, Sheriff. The boy's conscious. I want to talk to him. you to talk to him myself.
1: I'll go along.
4: On the way to the hospital, Austin radioed that the murder victims were probably the Elwoods. The Clinton police had learned from a former neighbor that the family was moving to Texas. The Iowa Division of Motor Vehicle Registration supplied the make and license number of the Elwood car and trailer. We relayed this information to all Texas law enforcement agencies. It was 3.40 a.m. when the sheriff and I arrived at the hospital. Robert Elwood was out of his coma, but was still very weak. Robert, we want to ask you some questions. This is Sheriff King, and I'm Ranger Pearson.
5: Texas Ranger?
4: That's right. Tell me, son. Do you remember what happened last night?
5: Yeah. Man killed my pa. Where's Ma? I want to see her.
4: Well, you can't right now, Robert.
5: Why? I want to talk to her.
4: Can you, can you tell us what happened, son?
5: He had a gun. He made pa take everything out of his pocket. Then he was going to take the car in. Pa tried to stop
4: him. Was it just one man?
5: Uh-huh.
4: You think you'd know him if you ever saw him again? I think so. Was he a tall man? Oh, was
5: about as tall
4: as Pa. He'd be about 5'8", Jason. How about his hair, Robert? What color was it?
5: It was dark. He kept falling from his eyes
4: you notice anything different about him? Any scars or anything like that?
5: No, I don't remember any.
4: Do you remember what he was wearing?
5: Uh-uh.
4: Well, there's just one more thing, Robert. What about his voice? Was it high or low?
5: I don't know. The guy in between. He was real mean. I love my mom. I love my mom.
4: I reported Robert Elwood's description of the killer to headquarters and then turned in for some sleep. Two hours later, a phone call from Austin woke me up. The Elwood car had been found abandoned on Highway 346 near Burton, Texas, about hundred miles away. The sheriff and I were there by eight forty-five. Patrolman Hartnett reported that when he'd found the car at about seven it was out of gas. The trailer was missing. We started checking. I think I'll take a look through the glove compartment. What do you suppose he did with that trailer, Jason? Uh, must have been slowing him down so he unhitched it. I expect it'll turn up in the brush somewhere between here and Coronaville. Yeah, I reckon so. That patrolman said when he found the car, the motor was still warm. Yeah, killer must have left it around 6.30, maybe a little later. Yeah, he's only a couple hours ahead of us then. Hmm. Find something? Yeah. A bank book from the state bank in Clinton. The account was closed just four days ago, on the 9th. $608.40. Hmm. Figure Elwood had the money with him? I know he had it with him. The killers probably got it. Look at this slip. It was stuck in the bank book. Yeah. List of numbers. Serial numbers. Record of traveler's checks. It's supposed to be filled out and kept in the safe place in case any of the checks are lost. Hey, he had 1050s. $500. Yeah, but you can see where he's checked off the top two numbers. Elwood probably cashed those checks himself. Then yeah. the killer's still got $400 worth. Mm. Jace, you don't think he'd take a chance and try to cash him? He might. $400. It's enough to tempt a man who'd shoot three people in cold blood. But he'd have to sign Elwood's name when he cashed them. Match the signatures already on the checks. Well, might even need identification. He's got identification. Don't forget the killer took Elwood's wallet. As for the signatures, well, a lot of people can be fooled. Yeah. One thing's certain. If he's going to cash them at all, he'll try to do it in a hurry. He's not going to hang on to them any longer than he has to. Then you reckon he's already got rid of them? I don't think so. He hasn't had much of a chance. Well, why not? He could have cashed them anywhere between here and Coronaville. Uh, he'd have a hard time cashing $400 worth of checks in an all-night restaurant. Bank's his best bet. Yeah, but what bank? There'll be 50 of them in this county opening in five minutes. If he left here at about 6.30 and got into Burton around 7, he might just wait for the banks to open there we better get to Burton. And fast. There were two banks in Burton. At approximately 9.10, I dropped the sheriff at the Burton National and headed for the Burton Loan and Savings Bank a block away. The cashier there told me the checks hadn't come in, so I left instructions for him to contact me if any turned up. And I went back to the Burton National for the sheriff. Sheriff? Hey,
1: Chase, come here.
4: Find anything? Yeah, I sure did. That was a mighty good hunch you had. The checks turn up? Cashier's getting them for me now. She says a fella came in at nine o'clock as soon as the door opened. He had the checks all right, all four hundred dollars worth. Could she give you a description of the man? Description? She knows him. Fella named Al Walker says we can find him at the sales bar in a couple of blocks away. <laughs>
1: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pierce. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Dream Farm.
4: We found Al Walker at the sales barn a couple of blocks away. Sign over the entrance read, Al Walker, proprietor. There was no loft, and all the feed was neatly stacked at one end of the building. A small glassed-in office was at the other end. Walker was watering a couple of horses in the corral at the rear.
1: Howdy, gents. Be right with you.
4: All right. Blonde hair, Sheriff. He doesn't fit the description Robert Elwood gave us. Oh, but he had the checks. And he was in an all-fired hurry to catch him. Mm, might be best not to mention the killing, Sheriff. Well, that's what I was thinking.
1: Now then, gents.
4: You're Al Walker? It's me, all right. Can I help you? You can answer some questions. All right. This is Sheriff King. I'm Ranger Pearson. Oh, right pleased to meet you. Come on in the office, gents. What kind of questions? You cashed some traveler's checks at the Burton National Bank a little while ago.
1: Yeah, that's right. $400 worth. Something wrong? Where'd you get them? Oh, a the fellow brought them in this morning. He come in about 8 o'clock, just
4: as so I was opening up.
5: Have
4: a seat, Ranger. Sheriff? No, thanks. Did he say his name was John Elwood? Well, yeah, that's what he said. Can you describe the man, Mr. Walker? Well, I reckon so. He's a big fella. Big? About your height, anyway. He's kind of heavy, too. What color was his hair? Oh, he had... Uh... Well, let me see now. He had light hair. Would you say it was as light as yours? Yeah. you'll Come to think of it, it was. Uh-huh. What time did you say he came in, Mr. Walker? Just about eight. You always open that early? Oh, I generally open at six. Sell a lot of feed to the farmers around here, and they do business pretty early. Went to a lodge meeting last night, though outside of town. Stayed out late, so I kind of overslept this morning. What time did he leave here? Oh, it was uh, 8.30 or so. I closed up about 20 minutes later so as I could go down to the bank and cash the checks. He was here about a half an hour then. That's right. Did it take you that long to cash the checks for him?
1: Uh, well, he, he bought something. He'd come in here to buy a horse. Keep a little stock, you know. Sold him a saddle and bridle, too.
4: What did his bill come it to?
1: It was um, $150.
4: You got a record of the sale, Mr. Walker? Well, no. no. As a matter of fact, I, I didn't have time to enter it in my book. What about the rest of the checks? Well, after
1: he paid me for the stuff he bought, he asked me to cash some other checks. I give him 215 cash. You had that much cash at 8 o'clock in the morning? Uh, I always keep a few hundred dollars overnight on account opening up before the bank does.
4: Mr. Walker... Did he sign those checks in front of you? Well, uh, Well, sure, he, he signed them in front of me.
5: Uh-huh. Let
4: me see the checks, Sheriff. Yeah. Here you are, Jace. See the two signatures on this check, Mr. Walker? Yeah. they don't match very well. They don't? What's wrong with them? Well, take a look. You see the difference here and here? Well, it looked all right to me. I couldn't tell the difference. You mean it ain't... It ain't his right signature? The checks were stolen, Mr. Walker. This isn't John Elwood's signature at all.
6: Stolen? How tall did you say that fellow was? What? Oh, he he
1: was a big fellow. How big? I don't know. He was six feet, maybe taller. You mean these checks are no good? I ain't going to lose my $400, am I?
4: Reckon you will unless we catch up to the fellow's got it. What color hair did you say he had? It was light colored, blonde. How was I to know they were stolen? You should have checked the signatures. He did sign them in front of you, you said.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, sure he did. Oh, excuse me, Ranger. Hello, Walker. What? Well, yeah, yeah, he's here. Just a minute. It's
4: for you, Ranger. Pearson speaking. What time do they come in? All right, we'll be right over. Thanks, Mister Walker. We'll have to pick up our conversation a little later. You stick around. Well, sure, I ain't going nowhere. Come on, Sheriff. What's up, Jase? The highway patrol. Austin identified a fingerprint from the car found at the scene of the killing. Yeah? Whose was it? fellow named Sam Bradley. He got his mug shots at the patrol office. Bradley's description fit the one given us by Robert Elwood. A set of photographs had already been sent to the sheriff's office in Coronaville, and a deputy took them to young Elwood at the hospital for positive identification. A short time later, at the highway patrol office, I telephoned the boy.
5: Yeah, Ranger, I got the picture right here, right in front
4: of me. All right, Robert. Do you recognize any of the men in the pictures?
5: Yeah, this is the man who did it. This is the man who killed Paul.
4: Which one is it, Robert?
5: This one. The name on the back, it says Sam Bradley.
4: Thanks, Robert. You've been a big help. What do you say? Bradley, all right. The boy picked his picture out of half a dozen the deputy brought up at the hospital. Well, that settles it then, but what about Walker? The description he gave us sure doesn't fit Bradley. Jace, you know he was lying. Yeah, but I can't figure out why. His only stake in this is $400 worth of traveler's checks. He tried to cash them openly, so it's a cinch he figured they wouldn't bounce. I don't think he knew they were stolen. Maybe not, Jace. but he knew the man who gave him the checks wasn't John Elwood. Now, why'd he lie about that? Just as puzzled as you are. Come on. Uh, where are you going now, Judge? Out to Walker's. I still want a written statement from him. You want to bring him back here? Uh-huh. Well, I reckon I'll mosey around town in the meantime. Maybe I can find someone to saw Bradley go into Walker's barn. Good idea. I'll meet you back here. I want to see if Walker's going to stick to his story. <laughs> got to Walker's, the barn was closed up tight. I got his home address from a telephone book in a store nearby and walked back to the barn. By the time I got to my car, Walker was just driving up. Walker? Yeah? I thought I told you to stick around. Where you been? Uh, no place, Ranger. I uh, had to make a delivery. In your car? Not much room there to haul feed. Oh, it was just a sack of oats, that's all. I want you to come down to the patrol office with me. What for? Forget your statement about the fellow who gave you those checks. Well, well, what about the barn? I mean, you know if any customers come. They'll have to wait a while. You know where the highway patrol office is? Yeah. You can take your car. I'll follow you. At the station, Walker's story began to change slightly. His statement said that the man who cashed the checks was about 5 feet 10 inches tall. Earlier, he'd told us that the man was over 6 feet. It was 12 noon when the stenographer completed typing the statement, and I took it into Walker to sign. Here's the statement, Mr. Walker. You sure you don't want to make any changes before you sign it? No. No, I've I, I been telling you the truth, Ranger. Uh huh. Oh, one more thing. Before you sign it, I want to show you some pictures. Pictures? Yeah, look at them carefully, Mr. Walker. Here are pictures of three men. Was one of these the man who cashed the
1: checks? No. No, it wasn't any of these fellas.
4: How about this one? Could he be the man?
1: Uh, no, no, no. The fellow who cashed the checks
4: was an altogether different kind of man. This, this, this ain't him. Mr. Walker, this man's already been identified by one person as the man who killed John Elwood and his wife. What'd you say, Ranger? Elwood was the man the checks belonged to. He was killed last night. Killed? First steal him, now kill him. You didn't say nothing before about a murder? Two murders. This man, Bradley, killed two people and wounded a 12-year-old boy. He stole two cars that we know of. Well, I I didn't know about all them things. Uh What about the picture? Is this the man who cashed the checks? No. No, that ain't him. I'm sure it ain't. All right, Mr. Walker. Sign the statement. Walker was afraid. He couldn't miss it. But I didn't know what was bothering him or why. After he signed the statement, I let him go. A few minutes later, the sheriff came into the office. He had a newspaper in his hand.
1: Jake, is that Walker I just saw pulling away?
4: Yes, Sheriff. He signed a statement, so I let him go. Well, we'd better get him right back again.
6: Take a look at this newspaper.
4: Mm, Burton, Harold, what about it? But did Walker identify the picture of Bradley? No. Well, take a look at that item I marked. It'll tell you why he didn't... Mrs. Nancy Walker, wife of Al Walker, proprietor Walker sales barn, is in Fort Worth visiting her sister. Mrs. Walker is the former Nancy Bradley. Get a Jase? I checked around as soon as I got a load of this item and it fits. Mrs. Walker has a brother named Sam Bradley. Walker's his brother-in-law. We raced out to Walker sales barn, but it was still closed, so we headed out toward his home located in a farm section west of town. Half a mile from there, we spotted Walker's car turning into the driveway and saw him rush into the house. We parked a short distance away and covered the rest of the ground on foot, approaching the house from the rear. Let's move up to that open window, Sheriff. Right, Sam. It was food.
6: Nothing in the house, to eat. Sam, you fool!
2: Where
1: you been? I've been looking all over for you.
6: I took a bus over to
1: Hazelwood. Bought me new suit. What's you huh? so are spending my money. Yeah. well, I don't care. You can take the money, but you just got to get right out of here as fast as you can. You
2: now, wait a minute. What do you mean spending your money?
1: I thought you told me you got them checks from a friend of yours.
2: Why, sure. What
1: about it? You and your stories.
2: It's just like I told you. Huh? We were playing cards last night, and the place was raided. This fellow was afraid if he showed himself, he'd get caught. That's why he asked me to cash the checks. I
5: knew you wouldn't
1: mind. Me. So that's it. Damn! Don't you lie to me. You didn't have no friend. You signed them checks. They were stolen. Stolen! I know all about it. I lied for you first because you told me you and your friend Elwood was ducking a gambling raid. Then I find you stole the checks. Now I find there's a couple of killings besides, and I'm mixed up in it. Now you get out of here. Look, who
2: you've been talking?
1: There's been a ranger out asking questions. That's who. Did you
2: tell him anything?
1: Not yet. But
2: if I didn't have to lie to save my own
4: hide, I'd have
2: turned
1: you in, brother-in-law or no brother-in-law. All right, you Sheriff, cover me no, through this yet. window and go anywhere. Get out of watch here right, right away. I'll tell you all good. I'll leave tonight when it's dark. You get out of here right now. I'm not getting myself home for you. But you know I can't go All right, Bradley, don't move. Damn, it's ranger.
5: Why hey, right right you know, right, are you turning over? No? Hey, behind the
4: Drop that gun, Bradley. Throw your gun over here. Okay, James. Yeah, I'm okay, Sheriff Ranger. It ain't my fault. I swear I didn't know nothing about the killing. I swear I didn't. Save it, Walker. Jury'll want to know why you didn't tell us where he was. Come on, get up, Bradley. You better have some of that four hundred dollars left for a good lawyer. You'll need one.
1: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard.
2: For harboring a fugitive from Justice, Al Walker received a five-year suspended sentence. Sam Bradley was identified by Robert Elwood as the man who shot and killed John and Ethel Elwood. Ballistics confirmed that Bradley's gun was the murder weapon. He was convicted of murder in the first degree. And on August 4th, 1942... Was electrocuted at Huntsville
1: Penitentiary.
5: Next
1: week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Gray will soon be seen in San Francisco Story, a Warner Brothers release. The part of Robert Elwood was played by Richard Beals. Ethel and John Elwood were Barbara Luddy and Tom Tully. Tony Barrett was Sam Bradley, and Barney Phillips was Al Walker. Ken Christie played the part of the sheriff. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Shelby Gordon. And the program is produced and directed by Stacey Keach. Hal Gibney speaking.
6: Next, The Big Show brings you 90 minutes of drama, comedy, and music on NBC.
0: Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.